Hey, what's going on, Washington Football X? It's your boy Rod, and we are back with Pod 70. I got the homies Steve and Phil with me tonight, and we'll be joined by a guest later on this evening. Uh, but before that happens, uh, Phil, of course, we're going to let him introduce the pod. So, Phil, take us away, brother. Watching Football Addicts pod number 70 in honor of the great number 70, Sam Huff, middle linebacker for the Washington football team, formerly the Redskins, uh, from 1964 to 1967, and then again in 1969, uh, was traded to us from the Giants. Uh, their head coach, Ali Sherman, pretty much was just doing a fire sale of all the defensive players, and his trade was such a big deal that it was front page news on the New York Times that Sam Huff was traded away from the Giants. Um, you know, he was a member. He's a member of the 1982 Hall of Fame class. Um, was a two-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler. Um, was a member of the 1950 or the All 1950s team. Um, and he was also. It's funny because if you look through Huff's career. The man has a lot of firsts. He was the first pro football player to be on the cover of Time magazine. Um, he was part of that famous broadcast in 1960, The Violent World of Sam Huff, narrated by Walter Cronkite. Um, and, and he was one of the first times they ever mic'd up a player for practice and for games and all that. Uh, it, it's if you're a long, if you're like a really big into football history, it's a must watch. Um, also, uh, he actually functioned not just as a middle linebacker for us, but he did scouting work as a player. And, uh, you know, he, he after even after he uh, retired, he was a play. He did color uh, broadcasting for us. He, he did color commentary with, uh, you know, with with Frank Herzog and Sonny Jurgensen for decades. He was. Uh, he after he retired became a salesperson at the Marriott Corporation, rose to vice president of sports marketing, and then retired from that in 1998. Uh, he he's still alive, I believe. He lives in Loudoun County now. I used to work with a woman who was uh, very close with his family, and uh, you know, so Sam Huff is one of the biggest names in the history of this team. You could talk about him forever. Uh, real innovative player. And a guy who you know basically laid down the path for how to have a successful career in multiple avenues after football as well. No, uh, absolutely, man. What a, what a stud! And it's you know our first topic. Once we dive into that, it's it's not really the same, but it's sort of similar. But uh, just looking on on Huff before you know Phil introduced it, one of the most petty things that he did in his career. This is before all of our timelines who are on this uh, this pod right now. In 1966, his first full year with the Washington. Redskins um, made a Pro Bowl with them, and they're playing against the Giants in a meaningless game because we were up sixty-nine to forty-one, and he calls a timeout late in the game so we could kick a field goal and completely dust the Giants for even more. So that's that's beautiful. Um, you love to get someone like that in your franchise. It's it's before our time, but just reading up on sort of those instances is also it it, it makes you smile and, and just he, he was quoted happy. he was quoted after his trade. He says for the rest of my life. I will never forgive Ali Sherman for trading me. Yeah. He was I mean, one in that game. That, in that game, famous. that's the highest scoring NFL game of all time. 72-41, we beat the Giants. And he kept – I think they, the I think Washington had like 40-some points. And he just went over to Sonny Jurgensen and said, keep throwing. Keep throwing. That. Don't stop. Don't we start running the ball. again. He's uh, – <laughs> funny part is he's, he's 
Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's in the Redskins Ring of Honor, Ring of Fame. You know, he's also in the Giants Ring of Honor or Ring of Fame, mm-hmm. whatever they call it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Two separate Incredible. teams. Yeah, yeah. In the same cool. division, too. At that, that's that's nuts. Yeah. yeah. And 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 like I said, I mean, and he, and the bulk of his career was with the Giants, but because of his broadcasting career and so forth, he's a Redskin for life. Rem- remembered more for being Washington Redskin than he is a New York Giant. Absolutely. Absolutely. As he should be. Screw the Giants. They suck. <laughs> let, let's uh, switch gears a little bit, gentlemen, and we'll, we'll dive into the first topic this evening. Um, but earlier, earlier this week, uh, we saw Mr. 91, the all-time sack leader for the Washington franchise, uh, Ryan Kerrigan. He, you know, he got on Instagram and he offered his thanks to the fan base for everything we've done for him throughout the years. And then about 10 minutes later, he announced he's going to Philly. Put up uh, a picture of him photoshopped in the Philadelphia Eagles jersey. Um, some of the reactions within the Washington Football Addicts group were pretty pretty upsetting. Um, not really upsetting, but folks were like, oh, he's a traitor. He's a hater. Um, but how, how do you guys feel about Kerrigan going to Philly? And uh, Phil, I'll kick it off to you first. Put it this way. Am I sad to see him go? Of course. Um, and, you know, I'm fortunate to say I've seen some of the best pass rushers in the history of this franchise uh, in my lifetime. I've seen Dexter Manley play. I've seen Charles Mann play. I've seen Ken Harvey play. I've seen Ryan Kerrigan play. Um, so it's always sad to see someone who is provide who has been one of the best players during a period of a couple of peaks and a lot of valleys. Uh, but at the same time, he wanted to go somewhere where he could be more valuable. He wanted to go somewhere where he could play more. And Philly was only one of a couple teams that really gave him that offer. And I think that their defensive setup is better fit is a better fit for him than say Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, I look. Am I going to cheer for him when we play Philly? No, I can't. I can't. I mean. Yeah. I don't want him to play well when he plays against us, but I wish him the best. I don't want him any injury, anything like that. I mean, you know, you feel like you've got a few years left and you can get one more bag, go for it. Do that. I get it. But I can't cheer for you until you retire. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I I'm with you, Phil. I don't I love Ryan Kerrigan, you know, our all time leading sack leader. I just hope he retires back in Washington and Looking further into the Eagles depth chart, it's weird because you mentioned that he might get more chance to play. I don't think he will. He's going to be behind Brandon Graham and on the left side and, and, and Derek Barnett on the right side. So as a defensive end, so I'm like, what is he going to do? Who's, is he going to really get more playing time? Or it, it, from what I read, it just made it sound like the team was clear that they're not going to resign him at all. And then there was some talk that the door was slightly open and it just disappeared. So I'm a little bummed. You know, he's, he's such a character guy. He's that guy you want in the locker room. He's he, I wish he was a little more vocal as a leader, but he seemed yeah. like a very good follower and very good locker room guy, but wish him the best except for two games a year. Um, I don't know if, if Rod's going to give him that, that hex. We'll, we'll see if he, it's a little early. So we'll I have won't. to see. I won't. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't want him to do well when he plays us, Steve. <laughs> it's funny you say it because, uh, yeah, Dev had put something in the group jokingly about, you know, Hainsworth, you know, an unrelated topic. And people are like, you're a piece of shit. I'm like, dude, I didn't say anything. Like, Dev is joking. 
but no, I'm not going to hex Ryan Kerrigan. Um, I, I don't foresee him starting for Philly either. And like you said, you just na- you just named two phenomenal players that he's backing up. A very a situation I believe to be similar to Washington. I don't believe that he's going to a, a contender. So that's what was surprising for me. Um, I think the Steelers were looking at him and Philly, and I'm not sure who the third team that he was linked to. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So really, the Steelers probably would be the only one. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess time will tell. Out of the three teams, though, Cincinnati's not going anywhere. Philly's not going anywhere either, but Philly runs a 4-3, and I think he wants to be a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end. I don't think he wants to be a stand-up linebacker, and Pittsburgh runs a 3-4, and I don't think he wants to be a, a, an outside linebacker anymore, nor should he be. Yep, no, definitely. Well, Ryan Kerrigan, we, we received your message. We look forward to playing you later on this year, and uh, hopefully you have a good career, close out your career in Philly. But like Steve said, hopefully you do come back. Uh, but, Addicts, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be joined with our special guest to join us for the rest of the pod, uh, Manny Chokuba. We'll be right back. My good, man, thanks. Manny. What's up, baby? What's going on, bro? It's good, man. I'm doing good, man. Happy to be on. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, uh, Manny, it's, it's funny. Before you joined up, I can, I can pronounce Manny well. No problem with that. Manny sent me the phonetical key to pronounce his last name, and I laughed <laughs> heartily. I was like, bro, I'm a black guy, man. Like, I know how to pronounce you know, ethnic names, man. What's up with that? So Manny Chokuba, I want to say it on air, introduce you to the pod. You know, thanks for joining us, man. It's awesome to see you, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you guys, man. I'm proud of what you guys are doing, man. You guys are taking this podcasting game to a whole nother level. I love, like, the energy. I love how you guys mesh. You know, you can listen to a whole bunch of podcasts, but they have five guys, and you guys just mesh and just bounce off of, off of each other. That's just amazing, man. Really no, definitely, man. Definitely appreciate it, man. It's it's tough, you know, to, to get folks uh different personas and you know personalities and whatnot, but it's it's fun, man. It's we we had start this, we're coming up on our year-long anniversary, probably about two weeks from now, I think June 4th. Nice. And uh we started during COVID, like a lot of pods. I know you've been rocking for a long time before that, but um, you know, and folks who who might not be familiar with you, we're, we're talking, you know, Manny Chocobo, like I said, he has talking sports with Manny and off that the back row Redskins show. Yes, a little jealous that you still get to keep the Redskins name. We we got flack for being Redskins addicts, but you know, it's all good, man. Man, I'm hanging on by thread, man. And like <laughs> it's 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 kind of hard to get guests on. You know what I'm saying? Um couple of guys that you guys had on your show, I try to get on my show and for some reason they flake. But you know, it, it just is what it is. I'm gonna keep rocking with the name until we actually get a name. You know? So then that's probably when I'm gonna make that switch yeah sir, and bro, like, be better yeah it's it's getting it's getting up a little bit more i just sorry man it's, yeah it's a little bit low at first but yeah we got you okay yeah so it's it's wild man um i didn't want to change from redskins addicts man like we were trying to hold on as long as possible um and i think we were going to get ryan leaf on and he wasn't the catalyst that made us change, but he's like, oh, I would come on, but, you know, you guys are Redskins acts. I'm like, damn it, man. Like, and Julie, Julie was just on with us last week. We're like, dude, it's it's just the name that we've we've only referred to the Washington football team as the Redskins. Yep. Not once. I've never done it, and I'm assuming none of you guys have ever done it. So I've never seen a Native American person, like, in a derogatory manner, like, you fucking Redskins. So <laughs> it's it's just silly, man. But, you know, it, it's it's all good. It's all good. Well, even even Julie acknowledged that on on during that interview was that she's never heard anyone 
use it that way, refer to it that way, anything like that. So, no, yeah. definitely not, definitely not. But now that the pleasantries and gratuities have been passed along, uh, we're going to dive right into the next topic. So, um, today we saw that Morgan Moses, who was on the trading block potentially, mm-hmm. um, can't see Steve not focusing. <laughs> but hey, Morgan Wiz- Moses Wizards are up sixty-six to fifty-two. Ah, so, okay, okay. <laughs> Some live reporting. So yeah, Morgan Moses on the trading block. No offers came in. I we really didn't expect any, but I was not surprised to see him released. But I was surprised to see Jerron Christian released. Mm-hmm. Um, just because last week we start the season week one, those were our bookends, and you know we've we've obviously sized you know Leno from the Bears, and we we drafted Cosme, but. Manny, how, how are you feeling about the news with them pretty much mo- completely moving forward with complete new tight or tackles at the bookends this year? And you know what, man? It, it's kind of surprising to me. Honestly, I did not see the whole Morgan Moses thing happening, at least right now, this year. So it was shocking. But you know what? It, it's just, I mean, it's kind of confusing, but I understand why Ron is doing what he does. You know, they said, hey, you know, Morgan Moses, go find a deal. That's a lie. Every, anytime anybody says go find a deal or you get released, you're going to get released. You know, yeah. nobody's even going to toss a seventh round pick for a guy that you can get for free and you can get cheaper, you know, so it's just all about money. But um, obviously the team is trying to keep that defensive line together. So I, I understand the move, you know, but hey, Cosme better be ready, man. That's all I can say. He better be ready. Yeah, I, I I foresee Leno getting the, the the start, you know, on the left side, but the right side, I'm I don't know what's going on. So it's uh, <laughs> damn man, it's Phil. I know Phil, you love talking, you know, the the the, the trenches. How are you feeling about this this news of these two dudes being released today? Well, uh, Jerron Christian, bye. Um, that's all I got to <laughs> say about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, okay, there we go. I lost y'all for a second. Um, Morgan Moses is interesting because before last season, everybody, you, you had a real split in the fan base before last season. There was people who thought he was really good. And there's people who thought he was trash. And you had a couple people like me were like, the truth lies somewhere in between. Um, last season, he started off the season really well. I mean, the first Several games of the year last year, probably the best football he's ever played. And then he kind of regressed back to being the B minus B player that he's always been. Someone, <clears throat> Derek Manning, said to me today that they thought that Morgan was a top 10 right tackle in the league. Hmm. Morgan Moses is not a top 10 right tackle. In the league. He's somewhere between. I, I haven't sat down and listed them all and really done it, but off the top of my head, I put him somewhere in the middle. He's around 12 to 14 to 20. He's somewhere in that range. Um, is he good? Yes. Was he affordable? Yes. I mean, his contract wasn't, you know, anything insane. But if you can replace him with somebody who can give you equal production, maybe less flags over an extended period of time. Why not? I wouldn't necessarily say that let, this gives Leonard a left tackle position because the original plan for Cosme was left tackle. I think that there is a chance 
that Leno can play the right side because he did start his career on the right side. He moved to the left. So he can play both sides. Cornelius Lucas can play both sides. Samuel Cosby is expected to be able to play both sides. What's Ron's favorite thing? Position flex. He likes guys who can play multiple positions. Morgan Moses showed he could do that, but I think Morgan, you know, his contract was coming up, what, at the end of this season? Or was it next season? Is one of the two. I think he was wanting to get some of that, you know, Trent Williams type of money. And he's not a Trent Williams player. <laughs> I th- I have a suspicion that has a lot to do with it. He wanted big money now. He wanted to reneg- renegotiate for a bigger contract now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's deserving of, of anything near Trent Williams' money. And I don't think Ron or anybody else in the organization felt that way either. We have so much depth at tackle that Morgan Moses leaves, and I don't. I'm not sweating it at all. Yeah, Steve, do you, do you agree with Phil? Do you think that yeah, he's more I, of a I ten did. to twenty guy? Uh, I arguable. Uh, as much as we 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 screamed his name on on the game day, and that mofo was offside every single play. You know the the. The sweet science folks want to call it ta- a tech, you know, ta- a technique that he would just time the ball. No, that dude was offsides every play, and it just rarely got called. But PFF had him ranked the 18th tackle from 2020, 18th, and you're talking left tackle and right tackle. They're not, they don't, they don't split it up by side. He's 18th ranked tackle. Now his his um his pass blocking was much lower than his run blocking, but you know. Um, yeah, sad to see him go. It's it's funny because he was a he was always a media favorite. He was always a locker room guy. People loved talking to him. He was always about team first. But when when Ron came in, you know, he was all about, hey Trent, go get yours. It's all about. I don't know if that rubbed him, hit Ron the wrong way or, or whatever. But I I agree with Phil. Like, I think they didn't want to make the same sheriff mistake, where he's going to be do that money next year. Mm-hmm. So, hey, no love lost. We got the depth. It's a great problem to have and. uh I'm sad to see him go, but we'll be fine. I hope so, man. I, I if anything, I, I hope that um, damn his his name is escaping me right now. But the LSU draft pick who played like a half of a snap, Sadiq Charles, Sadiq Charles. Yeah, I, I hope we truly do have the depth. I hope we do have the cheap depth that we need. I don't. I, I hope that this doesn't come by us in the ass week ten where we're coming off a bye week and someone's still scraped up and we're looking for a reliable left and or right tackle. And we're like, well, shit, we just released our stars from the previous year. 7 million for, for Moses is what he was getting this year. That's, that's fairly cheap. when you think Brandon Sheriff's getting 18 million. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I hope it does. Like I said, I, I hope it doesn't come and kill us, but we talk about the penalties before we try and transition to the next topic. I'm looking at the PFF stats. He only had six penalties last year. So it's weird that we we you always remember the bad the bad always outweighs the good, um, but, but five, was, last, last year was it, last year was his best year ever, really yeah. was. Yeah, well, I mean, here, question for you guys. Yeah, what will they do with that seven million dollars they just freed up now with withdrawn Christian too? I don't know how much more that freed up. Lineman. Allen, I think, yeah. is uh, first up. Yeah, I saw a tweet from Ben Standick, and he was talking about that the cap is like right around twenty-two million, maybe close to twenty-three million. So, you know, Jonathan Allen, they're trying to get that deal done before training camp. So, I mean, we want to see, it too. We, you know, we want to see progress because, like, right now, 
it's kind of hard to trust Ron. Like, Ron, what you doing? Who knows what he's doing? So us as fans, we're like, okay, y'all don't let go of some people. We got some money. We want to see some extensions get done now rather than later. Yes. And, uh, you know, we – Free agency is exciting um, when you when you look at you know adding new pieces, but I think okay, free agency's gone. We're now looking to extend our homegrown talent, and that's something we haven't done for the past two and a half decades. So, um, I, I want to see homegrown guys get rewarded for playing well. And John Allen is he wears a captain's patch, uh, deservingly so. He plays extremely well for us. If he's the first up to get extended, extend him now. Maybe you can get some sort of homegrown discount. It's a, a lesson cap year, so that's what he has to negotiate against. When you take that into consideration, you extend that man now instead of waiting until next year when the cap goes up for everyone. You may save, you know, a tons amount of money um, for Deshaun Watson. Wink. No, we'll see. We'll see what that goes. But yeah, you never know. You never know. Um. So, uh, did you guys see, you know, TMZ Sports earlier today? I think the Tay and Todd podcast had posted. I didn't see it on the TMZ account, but um, they had posted a video of Dan Snyder being extremely sociable, uh, more than I've ever seen his entire ownership tenure. Um, but him and Jason Wright and a bunch of, you know, Washington football team crew members were out in L.A., palm trees, look at, I guess, the Rams or the Chargers Stadium or Sheard Stadium, I think. Um, but – Exciting, man. We're, we're they're talking about looking at new stadiums for the Washington football franchise. So, um, what do you guys like across the across the league that you see now? What do you want Dan Snyder to potentially replicate? And Steve, I kind of kick it off to you first. Yo, let's go! Like that's the first time I I like I think Dan Snyder's a human being. Like we yeah, never hear him talk. We never he looked like a like like me out there on the street, all tired, and you know him and Jason just <laughs> chilling like. He's a human being. Like I had, I, was, I, I felt good watching it, and I really, I like the fact that they're touring other stadiums. This, I don't know if it's the Bruce mentality of, oh, we got this. This is good. We're, they're going. They look at all both LA stadiums. They're going to Europe. They're going around the world. They said, hey, this is the right way to do it. Do it. Do it right. And it just needs to be better than what it is right now because um, no obstructed yeah, views in the second tier of the stadium and Ooh. not. Two roads in and two roads out of the stadium, please. Yes. Oh my God, Manny, have you have you gone to FedEx before? I know you live in the Midwest as well. Yeah, I live in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, right now. But I got to go to FedEx for the first time um, two years ago, or three years ago. It was Alex Smith uh, playing his first season, so maybe that was two, three years ago against yep. the Atlanta Falcons. And I bought tickets, and I bought these things called uh, Dream Seats or whatever. So uh -oh. I was like literally on the second row from the field yep it was quite an experience i had like unlimited food and drinks comes me first game at all the games so i've never really got to sit in the middle or at the top or anything like that so but when i but when i went the uh, tailgating was nice uh that was still kind of like the uh like at the time when people weren't coming to the games you know, so I didn't get that full FedEx experience. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely down for a whole new stadium. I'm definitely down for maybe something to where we can be um, indoors, outdoors, you know, have that option. I think that would be pretty yes. cool. Uh, I, I mean, think about it. That's what everybody's doing now. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Uh, John Trunks. I've been to the Dallas Stadium for a uh, for a conference, and that thing is nice. You know, that uh, – that um, uh, whatever it's called, Jumbotron or whatever, it's yeah, like, man. It's like 
I can't even put it into words. It's it's a really nice stadium. So, I mean, it'll be definitely nice to do something similar. I'm not saying, you know, jack their swag or nothing like that, but it'll be nice to have an option whether we can be inside and outside. And then, I mean, that's definitely going to get the crowd to come out. You know what I'm saying? Something new, something, something nice, something to look forward to will definitely bring more fans uh, back to the games and stuff. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I... – I live probably about four or five hours north of Dallas. I was supposed to go to a game two years ago before like COVID really kicked off. Mm-hmm. I love that stadium. I mean, just seeing it on television, seeing, you know, uh, you know, Canelo fight there, you know, uh, this past weekend, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a dope stadium. If you can replicate something like that, have a retractable roof, get the Super Bowl to eventually go there. Um, I, I think, I think that's what we all want. We we've always complained about FedEx field. Whether it's the location, the quality of the field, the 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 stadium experience has been garbage. I mean, Steve was a longtime season ticket member. I was a season ticket holder while I was out in the DC area as well. And it's you almost have to leave the game, you know, the first five minutes of the fourth quarter to make it home at a reasonable time. I mean, because there's traffic backing up, leaving the stadium, traffic backing up onto the highway. Like it needs to have wherever they put it, it needs to have like dedicated on and off ramps to the highway to the parking lot. Um, just to make it easy for people because it's it's a huge cluster. But Phil, how how are you feeling about a new stadium in DC, man? And how's I think we're gonna play throughout FedEx's lease, but where do you want it at? Is really what I want to ask you. Where do you want the stadium to be? It's going to be best fit in DC. Um, I know they're talking about repurposing the, the RFK site, but let's be real. You Formal have location. a metro. You have a metro stop called. Mm-hmm. Stadium Armory right there. You have a footprint already in the ground for a stadium. It's the most logical location. It's a great spot, too. Those camera shots, if you look at those pre-FedEx field days, those camera shots of the D.C. skyline outside the stadium, you got the Capitol, you got the Washington Monument right there behind uh, RFK were fantastic. It makes for good optics on TV. Um, I honestly wouldn't... I don't know if I want to go Dallas style because Dallas has a massive stadium. The last thing this area needs is another 85,000-seat stadium. RFK was great because it was was intimate. You want to create that on-the-field fan-to-game experience. And why that stadium was loud, it was because everything was right on the field. When they extend, ex, you know, when when baseball left, they expanded the seating right to the field, and there was not much space. You were there. I've been to games at RFK. There wasn't a lot, of, you know, distance from the field to the fans. And I think that that's something that they need to keep in keep in, in mind. Another thing they should look at is, you know, um, I think. What's the stadium in Houston? Um, NRG. NRG. I think that would be a better look just because the fact is a, it's smaller. It's 72,000 seat stadium. Yeah. You go something like 65, 70,000 seats, leave it at that. You don't need to be the biggest. That was why we got FedEx in the first place because Jack Kent Cook won the biggest stadium in the league, the most fans. You need to have the best. You have the best, most state-of-the-art facilities, state-of-the-art field. I'm glad to hear that we're redoing the entire turf. 
that yeah. will, quote, last us to the end of the lease, which tells me this stadium is going to take some time to plan. But if uh, Muriel Bowser wants to uh, win some people, you know, win some people's support going forward to say they've got a deal in place, put the stadium back on the RFK uh, footprint on that plot of land, that would be the thing to do. I think that pe- I think it would bring people into the city. You know, look at the success of uh, Capital One Arena slash Verizon Center slash MCI Center it, and Nats Park. Even Audi Field, all these all these stadiums and arenas in inside DC are thriving. People go. People like going into DC for games now. wasn't always the case, mm-hmm. uh, but Yo, nowadays, like that that the Nat Stadium was kind of like in the hood, though, bro. Like not anymore. Oh, they completely redid that neighborhood. I, I mean, I was I was just nah, there a couple years two, ago. Three man. blocks but, south, three blocks south. You go to well, Fort Myer. It's 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 yo, son. It was it was crazy. Like so, I would. <laughs> I would it's leave, still on point. I would I, leave I walked Fort through Meyer there last for like yeah. a month and would walk. Like you're in uniform, or like I, we were we were in suits, so it was like business casual, but or business. But we were we were walking like through DC, and this. It was testy at times. Like they were still building the Aldi, I think Aldi Field for the um, MLS yeah. club out there, uh, DC United. Yeah, and I get gentrification is it's it's making its way there, and they're they're making it a little bit more user friendly. But at times, like you're you're driving through there in broad daylight, and you're locking, you're like, yo, my door's locked because this is kind of crazy. So, so let me say something. <laughs> that's more so when you go across the bridge, <laughs> the other side of the Anacostia, Then you got it. Th- th- then you're wondering where your piece is. Oh my god! But, one one more thing though, with whatever wherever the stadium is, it has it has to have a sports book, and I think it will have a sports book, and I think it's going to be a a uh it's going to be in the terms of wherever they go because what's a sports book a, a place where you can gamble where you can bet okay any, yeah i, I any, think that and yes yeah, so, like, got on that at, yeah at so capital ted leone's one. capital one arena where the wizards and the capitals play was the first i want to say it was one of the first in sports venues where you could go and place a bet you know right there on the spot so in the when they were the redskins they applied for it in maryland before covid in february of last year and then it just got derailed by the maryland general assembly you know with covid and stuff so i believe that's dan snyder's intent is you can come here and you can gamble you don't have to watch the game you can just gamble so however they do that, it just brings in extra business. If you look at the Patriots, they have this thing called Patriot Place up in Foxborough. It's like a shopping mall with restaurants, and that's the one beef with FedEx Field. If you metro in, there's nothing to do unless unless you know there's no tailgates for you unless you go crash one. I can't right. go somewhere and hang out like at Nats Park. They have the bullpen where I can go drink and eat before the game at FedEx Field. That's it. So they need to do something where – I can go somewhere before the game starts and and eat and drink and and have fun and then walk right into the game and they don't have that right now so yeah it's crazy like I, I'm I'm googling the Rams new stadium or whatever so SoFi Stadium and that's where I believe Dan was at today with uh, Jason Wright so it has a season capacity of seventy thousand and it's expandable up to a hundred thousand that is insane dude that is I think if if Dan's looking at that. I, I see him going bigger rather than smaller. I know smaller may make a little bit more sense to make it like an exclusive club, um, but the businessman in him and obviously being in the same division as you know Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, 
I see him looking at Jerry World, and he he's had to sit in the owner's box there, and you know the visiting owner. I'm like, God damn, this is a nice place, man. Like, I gotta do something similar to this. And if he's touring, you know, not only the top stadiums in America, but then the top soccer type stadiums in uh, in Europe um, for that that open atmosphere. And those those soccer stadiums overseas are are massive as well, man. So. I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of this franchise, man. You know, I know Steve, I'm rocking the, you know, the, the hoodie that Steve got for Christmas, man, but I want a real name. I don't want to be Washington. And I'm just, I'm mentioning this because at the end of that TMZ video, uh, the, the interview was like, Hey, what do you, what do you think about the name change? Um, some fans like, you know, Washington football team. I had a stroke um, when I, when I heard him say that my eyes started twitching. I was like, hell no, bro. Like let's not do that. But uh, that another another segment, another pod. I won't I won't dive into it here, but uh, now you know Dan Dan Snyder. If if this ever falls across your ears, this good luck, man. Hopefully you, you get a good site, uh, get a good location. It's user friendly for both vehicular and you know um I guess mass transit uh, populations. I guess you know metro or buses, whatever. But uh, time will tell. But Manny, so you are you're going to join, uh, I guess, the first segment of this that I, I want to do moving forward to the regular season. So it's it's way too early, of course, but we're going to do enemy intel in reverse. So what what we mean here is we're going to look at Week 18, uh, talk about the the Washington um, football team versus New York Giants, and we'll work our way backwards. So when we get closer to Week One, it will true truly be a more of a, a pregame look at who we're about to face the upcoming week. Um, so we're going to start with the New York Giants. Uh, and Steve, I know you got the way too early of Vegas odds, so we're kind of open with that, and we'll talk about some of their draft picks and where we see where it's going forward. So, Steve, again, uh, open this segment. Yeah, so for, so, so for the Vegas odds, I, before we kick off, I, I just want to see what, what do you guys think Vegas has our total wins at hip shoot right now? 24. Out of out of uh, seventeen. Uh, so honestly, I I think I plugged this at ten and seven. Um, ten. Okay, Phil, you say so, three. We say three. Maybe. I say we win ten. Oh, ten. Okay. I say they give us three. Okay. What you got, Damn. man? How many wins do you think they're giving us? Um, I got ten. He's googling it. Ten or Let's go, baby. Seven. Let's go. Ten. Ten. 10, 10, 10. Okay. I can't have an opinion because I've already seen the answer. So <laughs> on two different sports books, and I think this kind of rounds it out. It's Vegas Insiders and Odd Shark. Vegas Insiders has eight. Odd Shark has eight and a half. So that's what they're giving us. They're giving us about a 500-ish you know, chance. But the funny part is when, when you break it down, they're only favoring us in three of those games, which is, I mean, which is crazy, which, which means to them, you know, it could go there the rest are going to be very, very close games. But if that, I know it's hard math to understand, but so they're saying, they're thinking we're going to get eight, eight and a half games and we're only favored in three of those games. So the averages will, will make itself out win or lose. And then we'll come out around eight games. So weird, weird, weird uh, record this year. So you can't be 500 anymore. So they are saying we will be, um, you know, one game under or one game over. So we'll see how it goes. 476. So, okay. Yeah. Screw Vegas. I don't even want to go there anymore. Let's cancel the let's cancel the addicts trip to Vegas uh, later this year. Let's not. I want to go there in December. It's going to be fantastic. We'll make it happen. I didn't even think he was going to come out of eight. I was thinking like six, but it's, that's that's good news to me. 
Man, I heard those tickets to Vegas. The games are like uh, five hundred dollars. Nosebleed seats. Bro, we're probably just gonna fucking tailgate in the Bellagio and, or something like that. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> I'm gonna just be a belligerent asshole. Like, I'm not paying that much. I I told the wife. I said, listen, I'm I'm going to Vegas, and she's like, okay, like cool, like, and uh. You know, I'm looking at tickets. She's next to me. She's like, damn, like you're paying for that. I was like, I uh, probably not. I said, we'll we'll tailgate in a lobby somewhere in a fucking hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh so Smart. yeah. I don't know. It, it's I'm not there's gonna a buy million places now. in Vegas to sit. There's a I'm gonna wait for to sit and watch games. I, I I'm gonna take a gamble here, Steve, I guess. So either the Raiders can do exceptionally well and, and so can the Washington football team and tickets balloon to a thousand, or they both suck. I go out there and get drunk with my friends in Vegas, and we go see a game for 60 bucks. So uh, <laughs> we shall see what will happen with the That's Washington true. football team with that. But Giants. So last year, we finished, what, 7-9. and nine. They were 6-10, and 10, right behind us. Philly tanked, and, you know, um, the Giants would have had the tiebreaker at 6-10. and 10. Equally horrible, equally great as us. Um, their biggest loss last year is Saquon Barkley. We knew that dude was a workhorse for them. And when he went down with that, um, was it a hamstring tear? I forget exactly what his injury was, but um, that that definitely derailed their system, their season. Um, but you know, looking at their draft picks, Kadarius Tony was linked to us. He got picked, uh, uh, you know, at twenty by them. They got Aziz Ojolari, uh, Aaron Robinson, kind of just rounding off their top three picks: a uh, wide receiver, edge rusher, and cornerback. Um. So with that being said, as we look at you know week eighteen versus the Giants, Manny, how, how do you see us closing off the season? Are we going to be that eight win team? Are we going for our tenth victory in this game, or how, how's it how's it shape out for you? We make the playoffs or not? It's a big game, you know. Um, I have us. Well, I say that we need four wins in the division. We need to go four and two if we have any chance of making the playoffs. So. It looks like we're going to split against the Giants, and I'm hoping that the last game is the game that we win. It's going to be a tough game. The Giants are a good team. The defense is nice. Uh, obviously, we don't know what Daniel Jones is going to do, but it's a big game. I think it's win and you're in, or you win and you win the division. It's going to be – the division is going to be tighter than what people think. Um, I think it's between us and the Giants, honestly. I don't see Dallas on the same level as the Giants and the Washington football team just because of the defensive side of the ball. So – it's going to be win, and you win that division, and you get in. If you lose, you might need some help to get in with the wild card. So I got us for the win, making the playoffs. I, I hope so. But, bro, my, I, I think I have a good, healthy heart, but I, I do not want a January 11th game, whatever the, the date is. I do not want Week 18 to be a winning in game. God damn, I, I can't deal with that shit. Be, be great before that game, I hope. But I'm with you, man. It's 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 crazy too because I think we close out the season with um five, five. divisional games. Yeah, in the final six weeks. What That's not that nonsense. Who, whoever made that schedule, like you fucking suck. Um, <laughs> that is that is bad. So I, yeah, I, when then you win. But Phil, do do you agree with Manny? Uh, is that a, a pivotal game in our in our season? Is that going to define what we do in year two under Rivera or? Do we have the season wrapped up well well in advance, and this is kind of a, a rest-your-starters type game? I don't think we're going to have a rest-your-starters type game all season. Um, <laughs> I do. I do. In, in my way-too-early predictions, I've been saying 10-7, 10-7, 10-7. I can see it's going 10-7. I don't know if New York is the team that's going to be nipping at our heels so quick, closely. Dallas, I think Dallas may be that team. Um, 
just because their offense will carry them. It, regular season football, an offense can carry you to a really good offense can carry you to seven, eight wins. Mm-hmm. So Dallas may be that team that's nipping us. So we have to win that game, whether it be because the Giants or Dallas are one game behind us at like nine, you know, seven or nine and eight, whatever. Um, but I don't necessarily. I, I don't know if the Giants could be the team that we have to beat for you know the division title, or if we even necessarily be playing. We may secure it the week before. Um, but is it a game we're going to probably need to win? Yes, if nothing else, for seeding purposes. You know, we want to get to that ten win. Plus, there's a certain respect that comes with being a double digit win team, and there's a certain pride you can carry with that. I mean, look, we've had. And since we won the Super Bowl, we've had three seasons where we've won 10, 10 games. That's it. So I think that that's kind of like a benchmark for these teams to hit that 10 win point. So there's a lot of reasons for that game to be important. But yeah. No, I agree, Steve. How how you feel about week 18? Is it the winning yeah. you're in? You think we dominate these guys? What's up? I mean, so Vegas had the Giants at seven. Seven wins right behind us, so they're probably not going to be playing for anything, but playing for spoiler, if you know how how it normally goes. So, I think it's going to be important. I don't think we're going to be able to coast in. So, I think even if we do make the playoffs, that game's going to be important, like like for seeding, just like you guys said. So, it'll be a tough game. I mean, we historically, I hate going off historics, but we tend to do not as well in those games, especially against the Giants at the end of the year, <coughs> Kirk Cousins, but. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. I hope that it's a, a game where we can rest all of our players and the seedings are done and let the young bucks eat and the, the veterans rest. But yeah, I think it's absolutely like Manny said, it's going to be an important game uh, coming down to week 17, 18, excuse me. It's crazy. And, and Manny, you, you know, you, you know that we had to be four and two in the division. I think we we're four and two in the division last year as well. Weren't we? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We're shaking our heads. So, was- yeah. It's, I mean, that was key. I mean, usually to me, that's the magic number, man. It's like people want to make the playoffs, but you got to dominate your division. What's the point of having divisions if you can't dominate your division? You know, yeah. all these, all, you know, all. Never some wins. I saw 10 wins that first year, and I don't think I've seen 10 wins again. You know, you know, nine and seven, you get these eight and eights, and. You know, you got to dominate your division to even have a chance. I mean, what's the point of playing football if you can't dominate your division? It's like we're in the worst division of football right now. If you can't dominate that, then what makes you think you can get that wild card or go play some of these big teams? So it all starts with our division. So those five games straight are all important. All important. No, I, I, it, it definitely is. And, and with that, I kind of want to transition back to, uh, you know, the, the first round pick for the Giants this year, Kadarius Tony, that wide receiver of uh, Florida. Very electric um, type player, uh, fairly small in the frame, but um, made a lot of highlight plays for Kyle Trask, opposite of Kyle Pitts. So, uh, with with that game, if we're looking at Week 18 and it's a win and you're in type of game, what does Kadarius Tony do against our Washington Football Team defense? And uh, Steve, I'll kind of throw that to you first. Yeah, so Tony was mocked to us for I want to say the at least the first half of all the draft mock draft madness that dude's a human cheat code man he can return kicks he can return punts you throw screen to him 
He'll break tackles. They hand the ball off to him. He kind of reminds me of a young Curtis Samuel, if you think about it. So he's going to be tough to stop. And if you notice our defense last year, we didn't do well with mobile quarterbacks. So that means a lot of quick action out of the backfield. And we didn't do that well. So I, I think we might you know, be challenged to, to check someone like Tony. But you know, with the with the addition of of Jackson on corner and and you got him fuller across, I don't know who's going to be our starting nickel. You guys might know. I many many you know, superstar Jimmy. You think Jimmy, the people's corner? Yeah, it's got to be Jimmy. It's got to be people's Jimmy. corner. So, he's he going to have the responsibility of of checking Tony, and it's going to be tough. So that guy's good. I think Tony's going to do well. I hate that he went to the Giants. To be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I do as well, man. I, I definitely was hoping that I, I would have liked him, you know, but, you know, we obviously went a different route. But, uh, yeah, it's you're, – you're just you're, – you're scary when you have, you know, your opponent within the division that you have to face twice with that level of weaponry. And, of course, this kid hasn't taken a single snap in the NFL yet. He could be a bust. He could be a, a booming, you know, a budding star. But um, the potential for Kadarius Tony to be a lights-out playmaker in this league is is definitely up there. So – yeah, you know, we, we have to identify who's going to cover him. And this is, again, you know, well far in advance of, of the game actually being played. But, uh, yeah, I, I, and I see you, Manny, shaking your head north and south. So how, yeah. how do you feel about Tony, man? Look, to be honest, I'm glad they selected Tony. Okay. Tony's not a bad player. He's a good player. But out of everything that the Giants could have done, receiver wasn't what they should have gone for in that first round. You think Agreed. offensive solidify that offensive line they didn't do that you're thinking okay maybe get a pass rusher which they did and ojalari which i'm pissed off that they got him more than i'm pissed off special teams become special he's instantly going to fix that special teams and he's going to make that team explosive in terms of big plays i get that but i just feel like that wasn't a pick that the giants needed it was more of a luxury pick but you know they're trying to give Daniel Jones all the weapons possible to, you know, make him successful. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. Based off of what he does week uh, two, we'll know what to expect week 18. I mean, if he destroys us week two, oh, I don't want to see him again week 18. But then, like you said, he can be good. He can be a bust. So, right now, it's just a question mark. We don't know how he's going to be used. I'm hoping that Daniel Jones sucks, you know. So, that's my whole take on that. <laughs> So you hit, you hope Daniel Jones continues to emulate his career thus far. I get that. Yeah, continue to suck, Daniel Jones. Yep. <laughs> yeah, except except when he plays us. <laughs> yeah. Heard. I say that in jest. I know. Well, we 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 Let's, we stopped him this year, but damn. Yeah. Uh, I want to no, ask the question. I want to ask this question though. Well, we must have. See, you, uh, Steve said that you know he's kind of like a a young Curtis Samuel. Let's not forget we have Curtis Samuel on our team. Yeah, and Terry McLaurin, and Deami Brown, and Adam Humphreys, and Logan Thomas, and Ooh. JD McKissick. You, you notice that when you start really listening, you didn't say Samus Reyes. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> to our to our to our our, our Chilean uh, fan, of the podcast Vicente Noir uh, Noir I can't pronounce his last name. To hell with it. Um, <laughs> But he knows who he is. Sorry. I, I, I'm I sorry I didn't mention Samus Reyes, but until I see him catch a pass, I'm not mentioning his name. But we have all these guys who can who make the passing game dynamic. 
And we haven't talked about who are the Giants going to line up against these guys. Who are they? Who, how are they going to stop our passing game? You know. Well, they they did improve on that secondary. You know, you get a, a Dory Jackson, who I saw quite a bit here in Nashville, Tennessee, with the Titans. You know, Titans fans say that the guy can play, so he's you know first round pedigree. You know, uh, you got James Bradbury out there, and I believe they drafted another corner. So I mean, they got yeah, corners two of them. So. Can get some yeah, they got they got Aaron Robinson out of UCF and uh, Rodarius Williams out of Oklahoma State. Robinson, the third round pick at seventy one, and then uh, Williams, uh, sixth round pick at two hundred one. So I mean, if anything, one put your sixth round Robinson. pick. Put your sixth round pick on no. Deami Brown, please, yeah. <laughs> please. You know, hey Danny, was it Danny Shelton? I think that's his name. Danny, first name. That dude turned out to be pretty good. Same with uh, Reggie Ragland, isn't? isn't bad as well. So they're getting there. Reggie Ragland, like 78. They got a long way to go. I feel like Reggie Ragland has been in the league since the days of single bar face masks. (laughs) I swear to God. I mean, how how old is he? Because I feel like he's just been around forever. They do have Graham Gano, though. (laughs) If they beat us. Reggie Ragland's 27. Jesus, Phil. He feels like he's 57, I swear <laughs> to God. Reggie Raglan, I, I don't know why. He just feels like one of those guys who's been in the league forever. Dude's going to be looking at his nutsack later on like, damn, does this shit hang that low, bro? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, dude, if, if we lose week 18 to Graham Gano kicking like a, a game-stealing field goal, I will cry. Myself to sleep for the next one. We're gonna. We're, we're, that's okay because that means they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to put up a forty burger on us because to keep it that close. I did. I'm. I see this offense doing big things against the Giants. Yeah, I me. mean to be honest, guys, the Giants games, both games are important. We gotta we gotta sweep those. I mean, we gotta sweep these guys. Ever since Daniel Jones has been there, we haven't beaten the Giants. So to me personally, it's a bigger game to me than it is to the football. I mean, we got to beat these bums, man. You know, Daniel Jones. We're talking about Daniel Jones. We're not talking about yeah. a top-tier quarterback. It's Daniel Jones. And somehow, some way, he finds a way, not really him, the team finds a way to win or we find ways to lose. But we got to beat the Giants. I don't care. To me, that's You're right. And, you know, good teams, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. And how many times have we not done that in the past? So that's a damn good point. Yo, that's crazy. So I'm looking at a Washington Football Wire USA Today article, and it's it's dated November 20th, 2018, or 2020, November 8th, 2020. But Daniel Jones, at that time, in the article being written, he was 5-16 and 16 in, in the NFL with 4-0 record against the Washington football team. That sucks. That is uh, that's what I'm saying. He, 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 people say that he owns the team. He does, dude. He owns. He did they, owns did they Jay edit that Wikipedia to say he owns the team other than Dan Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the me that's some that, those would be that could be some good memes. Look in the owner's box. Danny oh my Jones, god, Danny Snyder. Oh lord. Well, <sighs> look, they, we 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 can we can talk about Danny Nichols all day long because I ain't calling him dimes. <laughs> Um, he's a five. He's a five, not a ten, to me. Uh, we can talk about Danny Nichols all day long, but in the end, I just don't think that the Giants have that 
They have firepower. If Saquon's back and Saquon plays as he does, look, they'll they'll make be competitive. But I just think that we have more weapons on offense. I can't believe I'm actually getting to say that about our team. Um, and I think our defense outplays their defense. So we should win both of those games. We should have won both of those games we played last year. We shot ourselves in the foot, whether it's, you know, Kyle Allen finding ways to only turn the ball over at the worst possible time, or when it comes to Alex Smith throwing passes to a running back who already fell down. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. Alex Smith threw three interceptions and a half against the Giants, and we still almost beat them. That's true. Yeah, we, we, we got to be better, man. And, and I'll tell you what, it, it's fun to talk about week 18. We, we, obviously, there's rookie mini camps have just occurred, but, you know, no training camp, no mini camp or anything like that. But I, I cannot wait to revisit this topic and talk about week two with the, you know, the New York Giants because we'll have a much greater fidelity as to what they will be bringing against us uh, week two and to revisit this. But uh, right now, as we close out, I think we're going to win. I say we win 24 to 16. Uh, Manny, what's what's your score prediction for week 18? Man, give me 27 to 20. 27 to 20? Okay. Phil? Give me 34 to 21. Okay. Us. Steve? Steve, how you feel? I'll take 30-27, Washington. Okay, so I'm, Steve, I'm Steve coming in hot with the three point spread once again. <laughs> so, everyone in this pod right now, we're saying we will win week 18, hands down, 4 0. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take it, guys. It's uh, you know, it'll be a great way to, to start the new year and uh, end the football season. And hopefully, it just it leads to a uh, you know, an obvious playoff appearance for the Washington football team, but uh. Yeah, Pod 70 is, is wrapping up. You know, Manny, once again, want to thank you for joining us, man. Um, this is far, far overdue. Manny's been rocking with the Washington football slash Redskins mm-hmm. Act for multiple years now. You know, mainly our Facebook group is, is so much larger than the, the Twitter. He's a um, day one. Brand. He's a day one. Yeah, day one type guy, man. And uh, it, it's been cool, man, to, to watch your growth as well as a content creator for this team that we all love. Uh, you know, we we dove into the, the the game, you know, podcasting game and the YouTube game, you know, past couple months. But um, it, it's been a wild ride. Uh, it's always great to have guests on. It's always great to jump on someone else's show, um, talk with, you know, players, executives, other fans, content creators. And you're, you're, you've always been one that we've admired from afar. So it's 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 a blessing and honor to have you on with us, man. So we appreciate you, man. man. Appreciate you guys, man. And, and, from and hey, one, you guys. You guys never, like, I just post stuff in the group without even asking. So I appreciate you guys allowing me to post in the group. I never asked, but you guys just treating me as family. You guys are like, hey, you know, this is this is my guy. So I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate everything that you guys are doing for the fan base. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. Next time, next time me and Deb are in Nashville, though, back, Manny. <laughs> no, it's, it's, we're going to plan and I'm going to be out. You know, it's, it's, don't worry. Just let me know when you guys are coming down. I want, cause you got, you're the local. You got to show me where all the good spots are. Absolutely, man. I got me and Deb, me and Deb were, were wandering around downtown Nashville. Like, where do we go? 
I mean, I'm going to take out the spots that's downtown and non-downtown. I'm not a downtown guy, but, you know, there's spots all over. There's some nice sports bars, some nice wings. You know, you guys like wings. You guys like drinks. Don't worry. I'm going to treat you guys right. I'm going to show you guys where to go. We're going to do it right the next time. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, so hold up, Manny. Before we close out, I, I, I always have to ask our guests this question. What is your fan story? Okay. How did you okay. become a fan of this team? So I used to live in Landover, Maryland, Heightsville, PG County. Grew up there. When I first came to America, that's, I lived in D.C. for a couple of years, and I lived in Maryland. So my dad put me on football. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I watched basketball, watched football from afar, but, you know, I really didn't even understand the game. He's teaching me first down, teaching me this, teaching me that. So I became a fan that magical 1999 season with Brad Johnson, Stephen Davis, Skip Hicks. Those were yeah. my guys, Trey Johnson, LeVar Arrington. I can go on and on and on. And I just fell in love with the team. You know, so that's my fan story. And ever since then, I've been a fan of the team. And then I moved to uh, Nashville because of my dad's job uh, my sophomore year in high school. And it hurt. It hurt. But I've always been with the team. I've always loved the team. So that's how I became a fan. And I've never left, man. And I'm never going to leave. That's dope, man. I, I That's a good story. I always love to hear it again. Man. That's dope. Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Keep, look, keep, I, I love my PG County people. Keep, keep <laughs> hailing, man. And, um, you know, I, I live in Lansing, Kansas now. Um, but I was just checking before you got on. I was looking at how far Bowling Green, Kentucky is because I'm a huge Corvette fan. And obviously, you're Tennessee, Kentucky, neighboring uh, states. Yes, but I want to try to drive out there if possible. It depends on how COVID restrictions go, if I can move with my kids and whatnot. But um, yeah. if I'm if I'm in town, whatever, I'm obviously going to look up Dev. I'm going to look you up as well, man. I would love to link okay. up with you personally, man. Just have a beer and, and, and talk some man. bullshit. Absolutely, man. I'm all down for that. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Once once again, fellas, uh, fans, you know we got May uh, Trokuba on with us and uh, talking sports with Manny in the Back Row Redskins show. So if you're listening to us. Do yourself a favor. Definitely tune into his shows. He brings some heat. His YouTube shows are dope. I was chopping it up with him last week, and I'm I'm, I'm inboxing. I'm like, yo, how do you do this? How are you reading the comments and all this other stuff? Because it's you all learning. You grow, and you you know you lean on each other for support. And um, it's it, like I said earlier, man. It, it's it's dope to see your growth, and it's dope to see what you do for the fan base. So once again, thank you on behalf of the Washington Football Axe for joining us tonight. And uh, get back to your family and have some fun, man. All good. <laughs> 